wires made a tattletale sound And the wave broke over the railing It's a grim anniversary, but an anniversary nevertheless. November 10th, 1975. The song you've heard many times and in Michigan. The story you heard growing up or when you were young. And the breakfast had to wait when the gales of November came slashing. When afternoon came, it was freezing rain in the face of a hurricane west wind. Hurricane on the Great Lakes, if you can believe that. The gales of November took down the Edmund Fitzgerald all those years ago with 29 souls aboard 47 years ago today. And every year on this program, we revisit the story in word and song. The old cook came on deck saying, fellas, it's too rough to feed you. At 7 p.m. a main hatchway gave in. He said, fellas, it's been good to know you. Captain McSorley, who may or may not have been on his last trip through the Great Lakes, his real last words supposedly were, we're holding our own which he broadcast back to the Arthur Anderson, but then the rest is history. Just a few more miles would have made it to Whitefish Point, we're told. Didn't, though, and is now in 530 feet of water, 17 miles from safety. And every year we talk about this subject, and every year we speculate because it's a mystery. And this year, it's going to be especially interesting because Rick Mixter is with us. He's a Great Lakes shipwreck expert, and he's got a new book. (laughs) And he's got new information after all these years. It's called Tattletale Sounds, the Edmund Fitzgerald Investigation. And, of course, Tattletale is the word that you hear in that song by Gordon Lightfoot. Thank you for being here. I'm sure you're in high demand today, and I sure appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate anyone who wants to spend time remembering not only the Fitz, but our incredible maritime history where we've lost, you know, 5,000 ships on the Great Lakes over the years. Keen to point that out, but this one captured your attention for some reason. Why? Oh, the song. I mean, everybody knows that Gordon Lightfoot is the patron saint of maritime history, and and without him, we wouldn't have this cottage industry and and museums dedicated to maritime history, I don't believe, at least with people who will travel, you know, a million people who will go see the bell at Whitefish Point. So uh, he's definitely invigorated a society that that, uh, embraces that maritime history. Uh, the headline in the USA Today Network is that uh, you've got new information after 47 years. How did you get it? And, you know, without giving away too much of the book, what have you got? Well, you can't really say, you know, how it went down, because I don't think we're ever going to know that until we get down and, uh, and do a real survey. When I visited it in 1994, it was definitely a... Uh, a mess down there, but we never really had a chance to see everything. But in my book, I go more into the personalities behind the investigations. I also talked to the old cook who wasn't on deck to say, fellas, it's been good to feed you. He actually got off the ship. He was sick. You know, a replacement cook went down. Um, so I also point out many of the uh, inaccuracies in Gordon's song, even though I love that song. It, there's so many things in there that the destination, the, the amount of cargo, uh, where the iron ore came from. But um, we hate to pick on them, but it's also you know a way that many people get their details. Hmm. Not sure uh, you know why he would change those details, but creative license, I guess, is what it is. But um, none of them are terribly um, misleading, are they, or are they? 
No, I mean, when it comes to the, the actual sinking, not really. You know, we know it was a big wave. We've got the testimony from the ship that was behind them, the, uh, the Cooper on the Anderson, and um, the, all the mates that were on board. The Morgan Clark was the first mate, the last to talk to the Fitzgerald. But I think that all the pieces, when they're put together, it starts to rule out many of the theories that it ran aground. And I, I spend many chapters going into why it didn't run aground. And what I saw on the bottom, I think that's what I bring that's different is an eyewitness account, a minute-by-minute accounting of what I saw over an mil- uh, hour and 25 minutes uh, diving 500 feet down. You went down there, eh? It was incredible. This, the Delta submersible allowed me to go down without having to wear my dive gear, which I've seen 150 shipwrecks on the Great Lakes, and this one just took my breath away. It was, it was too devastating to see the damage too awe-inspiring to know that it was the song that, you know, Gordon Lightfoot sang when I was a kid, and then to realize that we found the first missing crewman on that same expedition. So it's definitely some voices that I don't think have been heard in the other books that have been published, and certainly where there's nothing revolutionary about, you know, what I've come up with, I think when people realize some of the details I put in there, it might help change their opinion on how they think it sank. Who was the crewman you found? We, we don't, really don't put a lot of light on that because it was so devastating to the family members when we did find it. And, you know, it's not hard to narrow down, but it's also mm-hmm. to a point of, you know, we, we received so many headlines that just uh, were devastating, calling us pirates and such. And it was not our intention. And if they knew where our hearts were and just that we were doing a better job than the other surveys, that's why we found them. So. Um, I think it's significant. And there's also people who argue it, it's not, the, the crewman's not from the Fitzgerald, and that's totally possible but unlikely. How could that be? Well, there's been 5,000 you know, ships that have gone down, 25,000 sailors. There's hundreds of people who've been lost. In 1913 alone, we saw uh, three ships that went down. So, You're you know, saying that superior. chances of a body floating from one shipwreck to another and happened to land on that one seems pretty high. Well, in 1913, the, the H.B. Smith went down north of Marquette, and all the crewmen were found near the Sulak, so Mishapakotten oh. Island. Yeah, so they, they'll certainly drift, and at some point, cork loses its buoyancy, and this guy is wearing a, a cork life vest. That's what was so significant, is that we could see the traces of that. What was mm. weird was the, the amount of decay, and again, without trying to get into too much detail, some people believe it was from an older shipwreck, even possibly one of the French minesweepers, the two that vanished in 1916. So is it possible? Yeah, but when he's located so close to an open pilot house door on the Edmund Fitzgerald, it doesn't take a, a big leap to connect them. Did you leave him down there? Yeah, and it was um, unfortunately, again, in, in such rough shape, our submarine did not have the capability to bring him up. Yeah. A lot of family members wish that we would. None of them got to bury their, their loved one. And uh, many of the engineers wish that we had, you know, found a way to cut into the hole to get their loved one out, too. And, it, you know, cost-effective, you just couldn't do that. It's a grave in Lake Superior. Tattletale Sounds is the book. Rick Mixter has been 